Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Mad Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. we got Juan on the buttons. Jimbo Baggins here this evening with us. We had a gym cam, but he opted out of it, so we're, we're not going to do the it. The thing Dave. is that he's so strong. He has this way of... From a distance, forcing the camera away. From, be, he has a strength. Almost like a force. It's it's like a force. Just it's like it away. he's like, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, but it's like midi chlorians, or something. That's I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Uh, that he has this way of moving things. Yeah. From a distance. Okay, we'll start over. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. This is Adam Minahan with David Niles. Dave. We had a gym cam. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited about having Pat Flynn on the show again. Me too, man. Uh, I just really—he's a good dude. You know, I, he's just I a good really, dude. I really enjoy Pat Flynn. Great ponytail. I would never say that to his face, but great ponytail. Why would you not say it to his face? I don't know. I just feel like it's not something a man should say, say to, to another, another man. man. Yeah. Right. Uh, I love his. I, I I just absolutely love his philosophy Fridays of his podcast. I just yeah. Also, like up. great brain. Yeah, he's he's very articulate. And the thing about his his gray matter is so efficient. The, you know what I mean? It's like way more efficient than mine. Well, the thing about the the thing about his podcast is that he has such like intellectuals on the show that yeah. as as the you know host of the show, you kind of think you, you kind of overlook the host insofar as like oh, I'm just. Ready to listen to the intellectuals? People don't say this about us. I think they do. Oh, <laughs> do you? <laughs> uh, Is but, that a compliment to me or to you? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but he—he he is incredibly smart. He mm -hmm. is just an incredibly smart man. And that's what it is that people don't say about us. That's the part. That's the that's one. The that's what it is. Yes. That I knew you were going there, so I was a little too soon, but. Right. Yeah, there it's it still is. true. Yes, but we had him on the show. Uh, we talked about fitness and and nutrition. We're having him on the show. Yes, today. Today, he's on our show today. He's on our show today, and he's on. He's doing a course for us for our patrons. Very excited about it because I I really want to. I will be a viewer of this show. Well, good. I will be. Yes, good. We'll start supporting the show. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Are you calling me out for not being a patron <laughs> of your own Are show? Are you a patron? Yes, I am. You're a patron of our own show. I am. Me too. I am. So is Juan. Yes. You guys are dumb. <laughs> You're on the show. <laughs> yes, I do donate to myself. <laughs> I don't take the money for myself. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway. So uh, the the bourbon that we're drinking today is a, a Cooper's is from Cooperstown Distillery, Beanball Bourbon. I really like the name. 
Mm-hmm. It's a good name for a bourbon. Don't know what it means, but I well, like. Well, you it. know the, the they do the yeah. It's a you, baseball. It's a baseball. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Term. You know the uh, there's oh the the, the whiskeys that have the baseball uh, glass. They they have the baseball. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you call it, but it's not like a case bottle or it's like a baseball bottle. It's the shape of a baseball. That's a bottle that, that's filled up with, with, uh, the whiskey. Right. Okay. And some of them, it's like just a case that they, yes. yeah. Um, anyway, they make those, they make that whiskey as well. Oh, okay. Nice. So, nice. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, you brought this Adam. It's a, it's a, what uh, else do you know about it's it? It's a $35 bottle of, of this whiskey. Is? Yeah, this 30, is $35. $35. Uh, and it's a blend of three different bourbons that they blended together and they they made it a little bit stronger. I believe. What's the ABV on this? Can you, can you remember? Uh, it's 45, 45%. Okay. I think it was at 40 and they, yeah. they upped it up to 45. 90 proof, if you will. They upped it up to 45 uh, with the three blends because uh, it, it gave a longer finish is what is what the website says 18 months 18 months that's a good move i mean if if you're uh if your age statement is one and a half years definitely you're going to quote it in months because like oh uh what is it it's 18 mm-hmm. months it has a nice color to it that that to me is very surprising in a blind taste test you would have no idea that the age statement on this is 18 months no of course uh, you know, that's the youngest whiskey in the blend. So that 18-month whiskey could be like a tiny, tiny percentage. That could be the part that they're using just to raise the ABV, right, from 40. Sure. You know, and so like it's just a young whiskey that's really strong that they're using to increase the ABV, you know, but legally they still have to report the, the lowest. I saw that. Crazy. You just spilled that all over yourself. Get a little crazy. You're like over-nosing is what you're doing. I guess so. <laughs> um. But uh, I'm really surprised at, at both the $35 price tag and the age statement. Once again, I don't really think the age statement means very much. Yeah. Let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers, Jim. So I've, I've already actually, I've actually already tried it. Oh, cheers, Juan. Cheers, Juan. Yeah. We would, so. The, on the nose, um, I mean. A little bit of banana. It's kind of a little bit of a spicy, uh, like, nosing. I, I'm getting a lot of alcohol on the nose. Hay and lemon are the two things that, that pop out to me. Okay. Hay and lemon on the nose. Yeah, I kind of see what you mean. Do you get a... It's a str kind of a strong, a strong mm -hmm. nose. Is that strong nose for a soft palate? The, yeah, the nose is stronger than the, the, than the palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a decent whiskey, decent bourbon. No, I I would say it's better than decent. I think that the, it's. I think it's, I think it, I would say decent. That, that, For thirty five dollars, it's good. Yeah. So Where, where'd you get it? I have not seen. I don't uh, I don't recall seeing this at the seventy first and Garnett liquor store. Okay. So we went to. I will be purchasing some of this. Yeah. We went to uh, Juan's birthday party this weekend. Right, we went and danced at a country western bar. This glorious time. And it was so funny because at one point in time, me and a deacon that was there that will re remain nameless for his... To protect the innocent. Yes, to protect the innocent. We're sitting there picking out the theological flaws in each song that came up. 
So, like, a song would come up and be like, oh, yeah, this is just not ac- theologically accurate. They're trying to make the woman the god. Like, you know, and, like, <laughs> we were going through this, and we did it for three songs in a row, he and I, and we were just going back and forth. And then I thought, you know what? We're not the life of the party. No, this you're is, not. This is, this is not the life of the party. Unless you mean theologically speaking. <laughs> then, then, of course, you are the only life of the party. If I was in Steubenville, man, that would... That, that song would bang depends on how you define life right are you, are you yeah. talking like from a like a, a like a like a real reality then you are you are the the life, the life of, of the, the party. party if you're how, talking about how, like from how, more of an experiential point of view you guys are you total, you're the worst <laughs> you're the worst okay yeah, yeah thanks do. for coming guys we really appreciate you showing up yeah anytime you want to leave is fine yeah I did enjoy dancing with my bride, though. I did, too. I mean, fun. I didn't dance with your bride, but I Good. I did enjoy dancing with my own bride. <laughs> right. I would have... I'm sure I enjoyed dancing with your bride as well. She's a very good dancer. Yeah. So is mine. I mean, it, we, both, we both married good dancers. Right. Because I've danced with Haley before. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever danced with... You should... Oh, I did at your wedding. You, I, I danced you, with... You... Next with time Pamela. we go dancing, make a point of, of dance, asking Lady Pamela to a dance. She is a phenomenal dancer. Okay. I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. It, it's... Worth, Country western dancing is worth so, the effort. We went to I went to Stillwater. Haley and Haley and I went to Stillwater yeah. at OSU. And like, if you want to do anything in in Stillwater, you need to learn how to two step, right? If For you're, if you're gonna be anybody, if you're gonna be, you know, if you're gonna go to the bars or whatever, right. you know, you gotta learn how to two step. And so, man, it was just like getting out there. In again. fact, there's even the Stillwater two step, which is like kind yes. of a, a simplified. Yes, it's not a quick, quick, slow, slow. It's right. a quick, quick, slow, quick, quick, slow. And if you suffer from what's commonly referred to i don't know if it's politically you know correct to still call it white man's disease or like uh, just two left feet would right. be a better way to say it. sure i mean like if you want to be pc adam right two left feet i'm gonna just call you pc adam uh two-stepping is your jam right, right? like yeah. you can learn to two-step uh it, it's a it's a great entry point into the world of dance i think Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'm easy, not a, easy to transition to the foxtrot, if you will. Uh, if if you say so, it if, is. If you say so, I think it's easier to transition into like the swing steps. Mm-hmm. You know, like because if you learn basic swing elements, those same swing elements apply to so many different steps, if you mm-hmm. will. Right? Um, whether you're, I'm not gonna even try to like go there, but I. Those those things like the spin and like all of right. these all of and this these is things. What, this is what John Senior was talking about in his humanities course, right? He would teach actually kids how how, how right. to dance and the, the re- waltz. I want to I need to learn the waltz because I feel like the waltz is kind Boy, of the elegant the epitome of it is uh, of but, of but, leisure, you know. Even right, like, but that's why he did it, right? It's like he's like he's saying like how are you get, how are you expecting to court somebody? Or how are you expecting to get a wife if you don't know how to dance? See, that's not an issue for me. I'm. I'm already married. Right. Well, me too. But it's good to learn how to. Luckily, my my parents taught me how. You know how to. You know how to waltz. I did. I could probably like. I probably could. Yes. Really. My parents taught me. Like, yeah, I had I a. Not, I did not know. I that. went to dance your parents, classes. Your parents. My parents also are good dancers. I was like eight or nine when they went. They went to like dance classes and school. learned all these things. Your parents are also really good dancers. Good dancers. Yeah. Yeah. So when we get back, we're going to have Pat Flynn on the show. We're going to talk about fitness and nutrition, kettlebells, virtue, vices. Who knows what else? So 
We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada on the buttons. We got Jim Spencer in the house guarding the door. So don't even don't even think about breaking in. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, don't even think about it. Uh, this episode, this no, this segment of the Catholic Man Show brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker, CatholicWoodworker.com. Use promo code TCMS. Tango Charlie. Mango. Mango? No, what is M? I don't I don't, know. I don't even know. Salsa. Mango salsa. salsa yeah. Tango Charlie Mango Salsa. For, for 10%, 10% off all of your orders. Uh, I will tell you, Adam, the upshot of this episode is that we have a gentleman by the name of Pat Flynn with us today. Pat! Welcome back. Good service. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Yes, so we we had you on talking about natural. Uh, what would we say? Not natural theology is that the last time we had you on? Natural law. Natural, natural law. law. I couldn't remember. No, what's natural theology? Oh, dude, Adam and Eve, like being in, in all natural. I guess natural theology would be like <laughs> arriving at theology via natural, via natural law. law. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's philosophy of God in respect. Yeah. To. Yeah. There we go. So, but it's it's great to have you back on. It's it. I. Love being able to partner up with you. You, I love your your podcast, as I mentioned last time, and uh, excited about all the work that you do. and And we're going to talk about uh, what, some of the stuff that we're going to partner up with, but we're also going to be talking about the book you wrote that was like one of the Amazon bestsellers for the fitness area section. Is that right? Is that <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's kind of a joke um because you know I have I have five or five or six published books out at this point. I forget which, right? It all took like a ton of time to write and, you know, uh, just just grueling projects. And, uh, you know, thanks be to God, they've all done fairly well. But the one that you're talking about is, is my one dollar kettlebell ebook. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that thing that thing is like a, it's like a pamphlet. Right. It's not it's not really fair to call it a book. It's just it's a it's just a very bare bones beginner's guide. And honestly, I put I put the thing together probably in the, in the course of a single day. And I, I put it up, and, and my audience is very excited about it, that it hit, like, number one categories, multiple categories in Amazon, some, some pretty big ones, too. So it just got a whole bunch of momentum. So it's like, it's like my most popular thing on Amazon. But it's at the same time, it's like, no, I wanted, I wanted my other books <laughs> to, be the, to be the really book. This is a pamphlet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, it's, I can't really complain because, you know, it's I'm very happy that people are enjoying it and leaving very nice reviews about it. But, yeah, that's the story of it. And it's a, just a very bare bones, uh, minimalist, just in, as the title says, it's called Introduction to Kettlebells. That's, that's exactly what it is. This is a kettlebell. The handle is on top. The heavy part is on the bottom. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's that's pretty much it um, with a few pictures. So it's it's not some great literary work of genius by any means. Uh Well, so if if you guys don't know, go check out Pat Flynn's uh, podcast, The Pat Flynn Show. He just got done. He does a philosophy Fridays that I love, his Sunday schools on Sunday. And then throughout the week, you have episodes talking about uh, everything from like leadership to working out to... um, Business strategies. There's been a couple of business strategies. Seems one seems like that I've caught. Yep. Um, so a little bit of everything with it throughout the week, right? 
Yeah, it's a, um, I'm a self-advertised, because nobody else will advertise me, generalist, right? And the idea there, and that was the theme of my most recent published book, um, the humbly titled How to Be Better at Almost Everything. And the idea there is, uh, it was kind of aim, aimed at entrepreneurs and creatives. And what I was arguing was, uh, forget about trying to be the best in the world at any one thing. Rather, just focus on getting good to great or at least fairly competent across a broad range of skills. And then you can stack those skills, um, which is cool because skills in combination are often more powerful than skills in isolation. Um, and it's hard to be the best in the world at any one thing anyways. So you're probably going to have more advantages as a generalist. So my podcast sort of reflects the generalist theme and just um, talks about any number of things that I'm interested in or engaged in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. So, so today we're going to talk about um, kind of the virtues and vices of lifting weights, of, of nutrition, of fitness. Uh, before we do that, we'll, we'll talk about kettlebells and kind of like what, what we're going to be doing together. We're kind of partnering up for our patrons. But uh, so, why why a kettlebell? Let me. We'll start yeah. there. Like, yeah, good why, question. Why 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 did you yes. say kettlebells? Yes, why the kettlebell? Well, I, I often say it's the minimalist's ultimate secret weapon in the war against bodily weakness, right? Uh, the kettlebell, uh, it looks like a cannonball with a handle on it. Uh, I often sometimes describe it as a Swiss army knife of functional fitness. It can do most things that you could want most of the time really well, even if it isn't like the best tool for, for any one job. So, you know, the kettlebell won't turn you into a professional power lifter or something like that, but most people aren't concerned with that. So the kettlebell, because of its compact nature, um, it's very versatile. We can use it for strength training, metabolic conditioning, mobility, and we can often um, train all these things in the same workout because of how the kettlebell lends itself seamlessly uh, to transition between various exercises and muscle groups. So if you're somebody who's just looking to develop a, a sort of robust general physical preparedness, like you, you want to be fit in a very general sense, but you're not concerned about being like the fittest or the best in the world. I think in terms of efficiency and bang for your buck, it's going to be very hard um, to beat the kettlebell. So that would be my opening pitch. Okay. In your book, Introduction to Kettlebells, do you cover the, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there about correlations between kettlebells and kettle corn. Mm, uh, yeah, it's a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, do you yeah, dispel, do you, do, you, do you disabuse the audience of the uh, of this notion in there? Yeah, we spent we do we do just uh, page after page of Mythbusters. So um, if anybody is still laboring under that delusion, well then you'll just have to crack open the book. Oh man! So okay, so Pat, let's. let's but I have a question. I do have an actual question back about. <laughs> oh, you have a, a about real a real. I do have a real question. Okay. I, I I do apologize. I had to get my my preferred question in first. Okay. But, uh, like, aside from being versatile and like the things that you were saying, like. Okay, if you go to the gym where you don't have to worry about owning a versatile or using a versatile thing because everything, if you go to a gym, they have probably something that's very specific. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I still see people at the gym using kettlebells. Is there something that the kettlebell is the best Yes. Thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So um, sometimes when it comes to exercise equipment, I like to think in terms of killer apps. Like, what is this a killer app for? And the kettlebell is a killer app for a number of things. One... Um, it's great for uh, full body conditioning, especially lower body power. So maybe we'll talk about certain exercises, but you've probably seen people doing kettlebell swings before. It's like this yeah. explosive thrusting movement, right? That's, that is something that is quite unique to the kettlebell. Uh, or even if you can do it with other pieces of equipment, it's just, it's, just, it's just very clunky. So the kettlebell is uniquely lended to that exercise. 
And um, for that exercise alone, it's probably worth getting a kettlebell because it's just such a money exercise, right? You're getting cardio, you're getting strength, you're getting power, uh, you're strengthening your back, you're building your glutes, hamstrings, quads. It just it just checks so many boxes, right? So that so that would be one thing, right? Um, the kettlebell is also a killer app for metabolic conditioning. Um, and this is where we can start to use the kettlebell for, for complexes. And complexes are where we just sort of string together various exercises and we perform them back to back with little to no rest in between to tax multiple muscle groups and energy systems simultaneously. So for people who are looking for sort of like the most calorie burn in the least amount of time and to really sort of stoke the metabolism and get their strength training and their endurance and their muscle building all in one, kettlebells, because of how well situated they are for complexes, also a killer app, also just like worth having for that. Um, they're also good for other really specific exercises, overhead pressing, really great. Uh, the kettlebell is very well situated for that, so upper body strength. Front squats are great for kettlebells, goblet squats, so squatting patterns are really good for kettlebells, uh, kettlebells are awesome for that. There's some weird exotic exercises like Turkish get-ups and stuff, which are cool exercises, which the kettlebell uh, is definitely um, as good, if not better, than most other pieces of, of exercise equipment. So there, there are some, some, some places where the kettlebell really shines and I think is the obvious winner. But the cool thing about the kettlebell is it, it even if it isn't the obvious winner in most other categories, it's still going to cover those bases pretty well, right? Um, so like, um, yeah, will, will you probably be able to build a, a, big, a bigger squat with a barbell? Sure. But could most people get as strong of a squat as they want with kettlebells? Yeah, probably, if that makes sense. Well, I think that would probably eliminate. There's a lot of intimidating factors for a guy who walks into a gym. You know, maybe it's his New Year's resolution or whatever. Maybe they have never had the opportunity to be. Maybe they didn't play high school sports, so they never had a coach. They never had somebody who walked them through. Here's how to do all of these different right. equipment, mm -hmm. uh, all these different exercises. It can be pretty intimidating to walk into a gym if you don't know what all these things do. Yeah, totally. And you have all these guys who are super strong and you're over here i'm just trying to get a good workout in if you can maybe figure out how kettlebells are used then you don't have to even actually worry about a lot of these other other pieces of equipment you can use just the kettlebell and if you use it properly you're going to get stronger you're going to get uh, a good a good workout in yeah you know it's it's the broscape so it's a real thing right uh fortunately i think it's helpful to remind people well maybe it's not fortunately that most people in, in the gym are so obsessed with themselves, they probably really don't care about how silly you look, right? Uh, we can we can talk about that. That's a good point. Um, yeah, but but the yeah no intimidation is is a real thing, and and you know sometimes people uh, think this is just a, a thing for women. It's not. You know, I, I hear from men all the time that they just they just don't want to go to the gym because they're afraid that they're going to look foolish, not knowing what to do. And there, I think the kettlebell can can offer a, a lower barrier to entry. You're right, because the kettlebell is also a good uh, tool to learn how to move. Right? It's a very intuitive piece of exercise equipment, um, like the kettlebell goblet squat, for example. And I, I have demo videos of all of these on my YouTube channel. If people just aren't familiar with the exercises, you can, you can type it right in. Um, that, is a, that is a really great exercise to remind your hips how they were meant to work, for example. Like it's, it's very intuitive. It helps you get the squatting pattern down right uh, in a way that will actually translate over to a lot of the barbell exercises. So it's not just a a good tool in and of itself it's a good tool for reminding your body how to move in a really functional way okay that's good to know yeah. and, then, and then when we get back we're gonna we're gonna talk about 
what we're doing together uh, for our patrons. We're teaming up and, and doing a little course uh, with Pat Flynn, so you want to hang around, and we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Here with Pat Flynn from the Pat Flynn Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking with Pat Flynn. Go to chroniclesofstrength.com to check out everything that Pat is doing. Pat's going to be going on the Matt Frad Show March 15th, so check that out. It's the Pines with Aquinas. He's going to be talking about divine simplicity, defending divine simplicity. So you're going to not going to want to miss that. That is, most people who probably listen to this show already listen to Pines with Aquinas, but if you don't, if you. Or um, the Matt Frad Show. Well, he doesn't do that anymore. It's always it's all just points oh, really? with Aquinas. Yeah, I've been out of the podcast game for so long. Yeah, that was a long time ago too. Yeah, so but, <laughs> was it really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, so okay. Pat, Pat, you're going to be defending divine simplicity with uh, Matt Frad on Pints with Aquinas, which is super cool. Uh, That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you been working on your Australian accent? He really likes it when people do Australian accents on his show. Just are so you, you know, I'm just. Kicked, are you going to get me kicked off? The show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to set me up for you. Oh man! Well, before yeah, we no, get, I'm, I'm terrible with accents. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even try. Okay. If I, if right. I thought if I thought that would actually flatter him, I, I still wouldn't try. You should not do it, and then say at the end like that was my best Australian accent. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, before I forget, this segment of the Catholic Man Show is brought to you by Select International Tours. Go check out selectinternationaltours.com. They have a bunch of different pilgrimage that are, that are now opening up. You can, uh, I believe, you can still get five hundred dollars off a couple if you if you go there right now um, and sign up, and you have a full year to complete your, you know, to pick out the pilgrimage that you want. They have a lot of them that are opening up, you know, um, a lot every single month. You know, there's a lot of them that they they're opening that they did not think that they were going to be able to. But I talked to Matt recently, and he said that they're they're full steam ahead. So go check them out. Yeah, now is the time really to book a pilgrimage if, if you're planning on going because they're still available for this year. Right. Like, you can book one and go really soon. Also, I just found out, uh, like, 60% of uh, Israel has been vaccinated. Like, 40% of the people over there have already received second vaccination. Like, wow. They're like really crushing it on the vaccinations and the vaccine numbers right and so uh i say that because that means that they are like really opening things back up because if you're going to book a pilgrimage and get over there oh and the the holy sepulcher is closed isn't isn't open right it's like great why did i come here you know (laughs) i spent a bunch of money to just not get to see the tomb the thing i you know so that's uh that's a good point like from a tourist perspective right, right. Th- they're they are opening back up yeah so pat we are um we're going to be doing a course together you're going to be doing it f- well not together you're going to be doing it for our patrons uh on the the virtues and vices of uh nutrition and, and fitness and then like how a basic how to so if it's if, if you're a guy like we were talking about the last segment that isn't really familiar with uh, the gym is a little bit intimidating for all everything going on you just want to like maybe even work out at home uh, get it, grab a kettlebell, and, and you're going to walk us through a bunch of stuff that uh, on on how tos, correct? That's absolutely right. I sure am. I want to lay out the philosophy of how I think a Catholic man should approach fitness, right? How we can use it to, you know, uh, acquire virtue, good habits, right? How it can be part of a good, happy life, right? And to avoid some of the common pitfalls and vices. 
But then I also want to um, simplify it, right? I want to I want to kind of give the scheme, if you will, of, of how to really get into good shape. Uh, if you're a busy, busy guy, like most of us are, uh, of course, ladies are invited as well. Um, uh, how to make the most of your time, how to develop, a, again, a robust, what I call general physical preparedness, right? So I take a, it's very Catholic, right? We take a both and approach to a lot mm -hmm. of things. Same thing with fitness, right? Strength and muscle, mobility and endurance, right? These are all different athletic qualities uh, that uh, we want to keep some type of, of balance, right, in our training. They're all good for us in, in different ways. And then uh, we'll explore nutrition as well, uh, you know, maybe even get into intermittent fasting a bit and some just, again, like simple, effective, here's the time-tested, you know, evidence-based uh, nutrition strategies that, that make a difference. So if you're going to put your effort anywhere, put it here. So simplicity, minimalism, uh, that's that's the goal, and and doing it all through a, a Catholic and moral lens. Yeah, so, I mean, we've Dave, we've had uh, Father Gregory Pine on before when we, when we were talking about the virtue of studiousness, you know, yeah. and, and the importance of continually as a man to, to, to push yourself intellectually. That's why we even did a course with uh, Carla Broussard on the five ways, mm -hmm. was to really kind of push ourselves and kind of get out of our comfort zone and be able to push ourselves intellectually. There's some stewardship that's involved there. Like, you know, God gave us our mind. We should strengthen it and continue to learn more and more to only be able to love him more and more. Uh, but there's also where a body-soul composite, right, Pat? I mean, we're not just a body. We're not just a mind, but we're, body, we're a composite. And in doing so, we're a temple, as the, 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 the Bible says. And so it's important for us to maintain our fitness, to maintain a physique, to maintain... Uh, to to push ourselves physically as well as intellectually. And so, what do you? How do you think that that looks as a Catholic man? Is what? How does stewardship play uh, in that role as a Catholic man in the in the physical realm? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think that it's it's so important in our uh, kind of pseudo Gnostic age to remind ourselves of the deep physicality of our faith of of being Catholic. So we we are embodied. Um, we are, as you say, we are composite creatures of matter and form. Uh, so our bodies are important. God gave us bodies. They're good, right? It's not something that we're meant to kind of escape from. Uh, you know, the, the material world isn't isn't the evil place, right? It's it's good. Anything that God creates is good. Um, you know, it's funny you brought up the the virtue of studiousness. You know, one of the contrasting vices of of that is is uh, curiosity, and people sometimes kind of wonder like, well, what's what's bad about curiosity? But if you think about it a little bit, curiosity. Um, kind of detracts uh, from knowledge and studiousness to the extent that you're just kind of seeking out information whether or not it's useful. So a good example of curiosity, I need to refresh my Facebook feed all the time just to see what's going on, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why Aquinas would, would uh, say that that's a vice. So we want to use prudence, right, to focus on making sure we're getting the information that's actually going to be practically useful in some sense to, to further uh, our flourishing and, and our ends. And this is definitely true in fitness, right? Curiosity often gets the better of people who constantly hop from one program to another or one diet uh, to another just because they're curious, right? Not because they're really trying to develop habits or virtues, uh, proper dispositions, um, but just because they're, 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 so they're soft. That's another vice, right? Softness of giving up too easily. Right. Uh, that's a, a, a vice. Yeah, yeah, a vice against uh, perseverance. So, fitness and nutrition. I mean, there's there's a ton of room to explore uh, natural law and and virtue uh, and uh, and vice in this um, in this in this domain. It's actually quite fascinating. So, maybe it would just kind of be helpful to 
to trot out um, the sort of four cardinal virtues, and then we can just play around to see how that they can um, how they relate to our physicality and, and fitness and, and eating. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because it, it does seem like fasting is to the appetites what like uh, cardio is to the will. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Tra- we- Go ahead. No, you finish your thought. I want to hear where you're going with it. Well, I did finish it. I was <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, you know, dieting is temperance. Exercise is fortitude. Done. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. A little too simplistic. Right. So, four cardinal virtues. Right. We have prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. Prudence is practical, good reasoning. You know, prudence kind of has three faces. We're using one face is looking into the past at our experiences, at the knowledge that we've acquired. Um, one face is kind of in the present here and now, hopefully to make a good decision for a better outcome in the future. That's prudence, right? It's kind of like moral street smarts. That's that's prudence, right? It's the kind of chariot virtue. It carries all the other virtues around to, to help you make the right decision in the right way, in the right circumstance, in the right uh, to the right person if you're dealing yeah. with other people, right? Which is all kind of sounds very nice, but almost it's like you're saying nothing, right? But it just goes to show context is dependent in a lot of this and where you are in life matters, right? Um, so that's why, uh, that's why natural law is useful because it, it's, it, it's objective, right? There's some objective fact of the matter, but that will often depend on what the context of the situation is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which seems, which seems appropriate, seems right because what might be an appropriate challenge, uh, uh, for one person, uh, in the order of fortitude, uh, might be an unreasonable goal. Uh, and kind of a stubborn headedness for somebody else, if that makes sense. So kind sure. of where you are uh, matters very much um, to whether you're making a, a virtuous uh, act or decision or not. All right, so that's so that's prudence. Prudence is going to matter because uh, reason has to to sort of guide us, right, to to what the what the good and right action is. Um, justice is a good one because you know you said you kind of you brought up the idea of of stewardship, right? And oftentimes people think of, uh, in the order of justice, the obligations we owe to other people and the different forms of justice and the Thomistic and Catholic traditions such as commutative and distributive justice. Um, but an interesting question arises uh, of whether or not we have obligations to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the short answer is, of course we do. <laughs> of course and we to, have obligations. And to our families. Yes, exactly. And, and to our families, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's the cliche of, like, you kind of got to put your, your oxygen mask on before you assist other people. And there's a lot of truth to that, right? Um, what determines moral action for us is our human nature. Our human nature kind of is what sets our moral bounds because it, it, that's what determines what is really good or bad for us, right? What, what causes us to flourish as the kinds of things that we are. So that's why, like, a good life or a happy life for a dog might be quite different of a good life or a happy life for a human because we have a different nature, mm-hmm. right? Um, and our, our nature is going to demand certain things of us, um, of how we treat ourselves to have a good life. Uh, and one of, the, one of those things are considerations of our physical health, right? So we have obligations, real moral binding obligations to make sure that we care for our physical health, right? Because that's part of our flourishing. That's part of our happiness. And this is so obvious, it's, it's hardly even worth mentioning. Like, of course we know that people often suffer unnecessarily because they neglect their health. And, and unfortunately, they let it go on to a, to a point where they're, they're so ingrained in the bad habits and the vices, it becomes very difficult to reverse, right? And they lament about it. And they say, I wish I would have paid more attention to my health when I was younger. I wish I would have started exercising, right? Because this is causing me a lot of suffering and, and misery at this point. 
So to the answer of stewardship, yes, uh, in, in a general sense, we have obligations not just to others, but strong obligations to ourselves. And, and health is certainly one of those considerations. Sweet. Okay, well, let's just pick this up on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with Pat Flynn, chroniclesofstrength.com. We'll be right back. Weak mind. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Joined via the internets by Pat Flynn. Pat, thanks for being here. Just Guys, great, thanks for having me. Just a great guy. I, I really enjoy it. This is fun. This yeah. segment brought to you by Juan Posada. <laughs> JuanPosada.com for all of your Juan Posada needs or desires. If you have Juan Posada desires. It's interesting. Uh Disclaimer, don't know if that's a website. <laughs> Not Maybe don't it. go there. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, Juan, thanks for sponsoring this episode. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Pat, we have a question about, like, I remember, th- this is my question. I remember Good. it. Good. Um, part of our conversation today, I just feel like it's it's all, it's, we're, we're kind of like circling around. I feel like we're John Paul II right now. We're, we're circling around the point, you know, and like we're about to drive it home. We've been talking, you talked earlier about a book you wrote about uh, how to be better at almost everything. Is that, was that the title? About being a generalist. And it strikes me that Catholics are really called to be generalists uh, in like at least a spiritual way that we're called to to excel at the things that we do. Right, you know that we should we strive for greatness. I mean, that's like virtue is, uh, right. you know, is is doing the things we do well. Um, yes, and so that same principle applies to our person. Um, you know, you might be a computer programmer, but that doesn't mean that you should. You know, like you shouldn't. That's not an excuse to neglect the, your physical aspect because you're a man. Part of what's part of what it means to be a man is to have strength. That is one of the gifts of masculinity. It, just like one of the gifts of femininity is beauty, right? Like I get I get really fed up when f- feminists how they've trained women to like reject their beauty. You know what I mean? Like that's that's one of the gifts of femininity. Women are just they're beautiful. In a way that men, men absolutely are not. Yeah, right? look at me. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. It's like it's dudes, dudes are ugly. Yeah. But like exhibit A, it's exhibit not that, B, exhibit C. Right. It's like it's not that dudes aren't cool. They're just not beautiful, right? I mean, it's like they have their own thing. I know people like, but anyway, so like your wife deserves to have, like a husband who values his strength, and who like t- appreciates the way that he is god gave you these gifts would you just i I, that's a lot there for you to comment Mm -hmm. like what do you think about that yeah there's a lot of good stuff there and i agree with all of it right strength is the ability to work against resistance if you don't have it you're going to be crushed by life right Mm -hmm. that's it flat out right now does that mean you need to be a professional power lifter no but you need fortitude right that's what we're talking about Right. Um, you know, and there's, there's kind of, you know, so when we talk about the virtue, it's always the golden mean between two extremes, right? So on, on one sense, like, we, we want to have humility. And humility is really just kind of knowing your place. But it's not, it's not a 
pansy self-deprecation. Like people, people misunderstand what humility means. Like, um, I should have the humility to understand that I'm never going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Because that's just radically unrealistic. And it would be very unwise for me to try and, and stubbornly pursue that goal when I know by just all obvious appearances and facts of my biological makeup. But that's just not in the cards for Pat Flynn, right? So it's, a, like, it's not a good use of my time to try and be a bodybuilder at that level. But that's no excuse for me to not take my fitness seriously and try to develop as much strength as I reasonably can, right? right. As is appropriate for me. So humility isn't an excuse to be weak, right? Humility is just understanding kind of where you are, right? And, and what's a realistic goal What's a good, challenging, realistic goal? And what would be an unrealistic waste of your time, right? Whereas, you know, you have other vices, like we talked about softness before in, in relation to perseverance, right? So perseverance is kind of that mean between, like, the stubbornness where you have a goal that you actually should give up on because it's so realistic. It's just it's just a waste of time, more or less, and it could actually cause you to uh, lose out in developing virtue in other areas. Where softness is kind of the weakness, right? Where it's, well, you're giving up when you shouldn't be giving up, or you're failing right. to do things that you should be doing. You're failing to take on those those challenges. And what's the middle, what's the what's the mean there? Uh, the golden mean, that's, that's perseverance, right? And prudence directing you towards the challenges that you should be undertaking as a man, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of these are physical. They should be physical, strength-based, developing your strength, and dealing with the external and internal obstacles that come with that, right? So perseverance, typically traditionally has to deal more with the kind of internal obstacles where something like patience would have to deal with the external obstacles. Don't worry about the fine distinctions. Most people just understand it's good to work through obstacles when it's reasonable to do so. Uh, and strength is, is strength in the broadest sense. It's not just like lifting, you know, a triple bodyweight deadlift, right? It's just the ability to work against and preferably overcome resistance. And if you don't have that quality, um, you're failing in, in significant respects, right? Yeah. Uh, according Life's to gonna what eat you can, up. You it's going to eat you up. It's going to yeah. spit you out. So you're spot on, man. Um, you, we live in a very soft, weak culture right now, especially for right. men. Uh, it's not, there's not just, and I know you guys know this, it's not just a war on women. That's true. There's been a huge war on masculinity, right? Yeah. And I, I think, like, I don't know if that answered your question at all. No, you did. Even, you did. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I can uh, contribute, like playing sports in high school, like one of the main things that I learned in high school, like playing sports, was, was being able to push myself past the point where I thought that I was, should give up, and I kept going, and I broke through those barriers, I hit those PRs, I realized that, you know, my body can do way more than my, my mind is telling me that I can do, and those were moments that I was able to carry on, and uh, they were learning moments that I, I was able to apply not only in the physical world, but like in the business world, in the spiritual life, in my prayer life, uh, when my knees are super tired and I feel like, oh, well, I can't be praying on my knees anymore. Maybe I should sit down. I realized, well, no, I, I remember what happened when I thought I couldn't run a 400 meters under 60 seconds. Right. And I pushed myself, you know, so those those are the things that, that I really appreciated in high school and my younger life yeah. was learning. Although well. I will tell you, that is a young man's game. As I will tell you, as I'm getting older, it's harder and harder like, to I'm do. I'm 34. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm it's, I am getting older. Yeah, it's like, getting harder and harder. It's I am already sensing the whole like, oh no, 
push yourself, push it. No, there are more. There are consequences now. For, <laughs> to the, to you know what I mean? Yourself. Like it is not the same game <laughs> I used to play. But I mean, uh, the, well, prudence, right? Prudence. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Of prudence. But to your, but to your point, it teaches you grit. Yeah, you grit I know. Yeah, absolutely. Soul, right, and and that is that is tremendously valuable, and that's what we need. Right, like grit. And grit isn't a term that like Aquinas uses, but we know what grit is. You yeah. know, it's a good thing when applied in the right way. And if you don't have uh, a grit, well, you need to get it, right? Because life demands it. Mm-hmm. Your happiness, your flourishing demands that you have grit. And what a good place to start beginning to get some, you know, grit through physical exercise, through competitive yeah. sports, things like that. And and that's the value in it. Because, like, look, I was never cut out to be a tremendous athlete. You know, I, I, uh, my, my primary sport um, was and still is martial arts, taekwondo. I'm no world champion, uh, but it taught me grit, right? And mm-hmm. and that, regardless of never winning any you know major titles or anything, that is a skill, uh, that's a habit that's carried over into so many different aspects of my life, uh, including the spiritual, but also the business, but also the family life. Uh, so you know, physical activity, the gym, sports, these can be good like virtue training grounds. But you you have to enter in with that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. I can't just like you, you want to you want to do it with the mindset and the understanding that this is one of the if not the primary reasons that you're 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 doing this right yeah. fun fact about me Pat is that I when I was eight or nine years old I actually took first place in a taekwondo tournament it was the more than I've ever I was the only one in my age group who entered the tournament and <laughs> I did not know that at the time and it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that huge trophy. I, I brought home like a three foot tall trophy. I realized <laughs> I didn't do anything to, like, to get that. It was like, it just handed to me my whole like yes. childhood. I thought like, oh, I have this trophy. I am incredible. You know, anyway, didn't they ask you to do some, I had punches? to do my forms. I had still had to do like uh, perform for the, you know, like my forms for the judges. Yeah. But, but, uh, I do think that there is a contemplative side of lifting weights of, uh, you know, like just, physical exercise whether you're running or you know like working out in any way that um if you don't push yourself to this point where you're just weary where your body is is you experience like a type of death kind of it is like the sensation that's coming over you as you're just losing the physical ability to do the things that you could do five seconds ago um if if in that moment i there is some spiritual value as well as you can if you decide to take that experience and contemplate what christ must have felt when they put the the cross on his shoulder right i mean like the just the the weakness in his physical body in his passion um I, i mean i think that there there's a deeper understanding that you gain when you have those experiences um and so, you know, and so I, I just yeah. i just think it's something that we should you should should be valued yeah well, yeah, it's um, it's it, it can be uh, a very useful form of mortification, right? And this mm-hmm. is again a tradition that I hope uh, comes back into popular practice. Um, you know, not to say that everybody needs to take the nightly discipline; I mean, they could. Um, but you know, the idea is that we are disciplining certain desires to make a particular good at first accessible and then effortless. Right. That's what that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and, you know, we use reason. Plato has this, you know, sort of illustration of, of reason is kind of um, um, 
as 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 the charioteer, right? Who's guiding the horses, and the horses are the passions, right? Yeah. So we have all these different passions, and passions are good, but only when they're proper, right? And right. it can be reasonable to mortify <laughs> and to discipline certain desires, right? So that way we can get ordering of our passions. So that way we can be on, and that, and ordering is a is a very teleological word, right? Yeah. Ordered towards what? Toward our ultimate good. So disordered is very appropriate language when it comes to morality, because we can be disordered, ordered away from what is really and truly good for us. Pat, yeah. thank you so much for being here today. We're going to continue this discussion for the podcast audience. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers. Man, I hated to cut you off there. We're sorry, like, cause you were, I, I love where you were going there. But uh, we for uh, our uh, radio actually audience, actually, the timing was just fine. Yeah, the radio audience, Sweet. we had to cut. We had to cut. So, okay, so Pat, here's two. Th- I have two things that I really wanted. And I have also saved all my best questions for now. Just oh, really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, sure. Okay, right. so there's two things this that is where I, we can get real that you know I, I mean? that I want to I want to talk to you about, and we'll, we'll go with the first the virtue of decorum because here's the problem that I have. We you know we've had this show on for like uh, almost five years now, and we've never done a show specifically on weightlifting or or uh, we've never had a guy. It might be our like most requested thing at this point, right? And we have oh, we really. Have, yeah, you know, we have you know people who suggest other people to us to talk to them about this topic, and we've never done it before. And I have because I just have this personal issue, I think, and maybe it's something that I just need to overcome. But uh, of this idea of uh, the virtue, like, the relationship of the virtue of decorum with working out and developing a social media following and now look at all these muscles and now look at all these muscles and now look at this and and everybody you know he's sitting there flexing and you look at his timeline and it's like 56 different pictures of him flexing in the mirror and taking pictures of himself and i i just have a you don't you don't do that well, of course I, mean, I, I do, but don't, I don't. I just I don't, don't post, post it, yeah. right? I'm, of a, I'm a normal guy, but but I just don't. Post. But like, I have the issue with what is that actually doing, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's creating. It could possibly create envy for the person who's consuming that media, because it's like, wow, look at that. That is, like, I wish I had that. And yep. um, and then it's also envy is, yep. Envy yeah, is a sin against justice, so that's right. not good. So that's not good. Then you're also inflating yourself with pride because you're posting it. You're wanting to make everybody have the likes. You want to get all the people saying, like, wow, you look so great. You look so... And then you also just have like the sexuality part of you know yes. weightlifting and stuff where it's like, it, I can't even... I don't even go on weightlifting things or look at anything on weightlifting on social media because all the algorithms will push you towards all these women, all these women right. who are, yeah. who are yeah. now uh, in yoga pants or sports bras or whatever else. It's like, that's right. not healthy who, for me who, to look at. Who are really sex symbols. Right. I mean, like, that's... That's what they're putting I mean, them out there for, right? Yeah. Not, And look, I know that yeah. their intent might not be that, but that's what they end up becoming. Right. Right. Well, look, man, I mean, you, you totally nailed it, right? So the fitness industry in general, which I've been a part of for a long time, um, and it's, I mean, it's borderline pornographic, right, um, mm-hmm. in many respects. Right. And uh, you've, you've highlighted just some of the very obvious uh, vicious aspects of it, right, is that a lot of people, and, you know, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to uh, sit here and condemn other people. I'll use my own example, right? So I grew up... Um, very just unhealthy overweight very unhealthy family right so i was i was the fat kid i was a chubby kid right um 
And uh, you actually can't be healthy at any size, as it turns out, right? Contrary to this common slogan that's going around. So I had a doctor who was who, who thankfully was before this healthy at any size kind of nonsense took over, uh, who told me, you know, um, when I was relatively young, it's just kind of like uh, going into high school, she said, hey, Pat, like, okay, like, you're okay now, but if you keep, you know, living like this and you don't, you know, consider your weight and you don't, you know, um, like I was just the kid who just ate whatever he wanted, played endless hours of video games, right? That sort mm -hmm. of thing, right? Mm -hmm. She said, look, you know, by the time you're 40, 50, you could have some serious health issues, you know, diabetes runs in your family, heart disease, like these are serious considerations. And it actually struck me, like, you know, it struck me. It made me think, okay, maybe I should start uh, trying to, to do something. Uh, and, you know, I, I stumbled and fumbled about, you know, I didn't have any good mentors at first. Eventually, uh, I got into martial arts, which really did give me a good mentor. But then I kind of, I flipped, right, in, in from just um, one extreme to the other extreme, right? So I, I didn't find the golden mean. So I went from one form of gluttony, which was just excessive indulgences, to another form of gluttony, which was being overly picky about the stuff that I eat, Right. So these are the, some of the vices you have to watch out when you're eating, right? That's a form of gluttony, like, you know, um, being obsessive compulsive about your food right. uh, to an extent. So I fell into that, right? Because why? Because I went from, from hating the way I looked to being obsessed with the way that I looked, right? So, like, you know, I, I lost the weight. I got in very good shape. And you start to, like, you know, um, you start to very easily slide into the sin of vanity, as you've pointed right. out, Adam. And this was something that I experienced and struggled with. And then you just kind of get in this cycle of doom, right? Because then you get into this ego comparative mentality. Mm -hmm. You start to set very unrealistic goals. So then uh, you kind of suffered from the vice of just stubborn headedness of thinking that I could really do more than I could uh, naturally or realistically, right? Without, without taking a little bit of the, the vitamin S as they call it. Right. Um, so, and then I start neglecting other priorities in my life, other relationships, because I've become so obsessed with this unrealistic thing, um, increasing in vanity and pride, right? So you can see how I'm doing good things, right? Mm -hmm. Like working out is a good thing, eating healthy is a good thing, but it's actually, in some respects, making me a worse person, right? Because I'm developing so many vicious qualities. Now this was this was before I was I was Catholic, right? But uh, even before I became Catholic, I, I I realized like, wow, this is this isn't good. Like I'm not I'm not happy, <laughs> right? Like, right. People yeah. find me annoying to go and eat with, <laughs> right? I'm neglecting relationships. I'm I'm very difficult. Um, you know how I feel on a particular day kind of depends on how the lighting looks and the camera and how bloated <laughs> I am, right? Like these are right. bad things, like really sure. bad things. So. You know, I just I bring my example out there to say that, you know, you can point to anyone on Instagram, but this is something I, I, I struggled with, right, that I, I dealt with this. Is. And then what's the answer? The answer is, is convert Jesus. to the Catholic faith. Jesus is the answer. Yes. <laughs> right? Eucharistic <laughs> adoration. <laughs> right. right, yeah. No, amen, guys. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that is the answer, right? And, like, I, I think I can honestly say now that I, I have, you know, Really, you know, it's never perfect, right? Um, you're always trying to sure. find that golden mean, and it's a shifting target. But certainly, my passion for fitness has been invigorated in a way that it has never been before, and I'm not a slave to it. Like now, it's it's now it's my servant, um, right? And uh, still, like it's it's a part of my life, but it's not my entire life anymore. And that's a lot of what it is in the fitness industry. Like fitness isn't there to enhance your life; fitness consumes people's lives. And so often, and I, I see this because I, you know, so many people like, you know, 
discover my stuff and I see their stories where they go from just one vicious extreme to the other vicious extreme and just glide right over that that golden mean in the middle. So right. that's well, what came to mind when you were when you were talking about Adam. But you're spot on on all that stuff. You well, it. you know the extremes are so much easier. You know, right. uh, I did Exodus ninety last year, and on Sundays, part of the program is you're allowed to relax one discipline, and I would always relax discipline. discipline thank you. Yeah. Um, I would always I would always relax sweets, but I found myself gorging. You know, it's like okay, it's Sunday. You know, like wait before I go to bed, I better eat some more candy. You know, because this is my last chance until next week, and uh, about two-thirds of the way through, I said, I'm not relaxing. I'm not doing that anymore because it's not what I'm, you know, that's not what it's supposed to be. I'm not doing right. it the right way. So even in my own life, I realized the extremes, it's either nothing or I'm going to do nothing because the the virtue is so hard, right? You know, it's like to just say, maybe at the end of the day, I'll have right. one cookie, right? I'll know? have, I'll have maybe a, you know, a bowl of ice cream before I go to bed. You know, I wasn't doing that. I was having, you know, like chocolate chips all day or you know, yeah. something. So, I mean, I, I I understand that just from my own. But I also, I loved your testimony. So th- I wanted to thank you for, for giving that because that was a, I thought that was a, yeah. a, a, well, a good witness. Well, i to do it. I hope it serves somebody. I hope that people, somebody can relate to that. Uh, I've been there, right? So I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, though, have you ever thought like philosophically how funny working out is like you go into the gym and you like pick things up and you put them down like you just like pick up heavy stuff one time my i got back from the gym and my daughters asked me what do you so what'd you do at the gym and i found myself saying that i well i i pick up heavy things and then i put them down and then i pick them up again it was just like a very when you're trying to tell a three-year-old what you do at the gym it it becomes kind of hilarious. Uh, it is. It is. It's something of a parody, no doubt. Yeah. Right. I just didn't know if, like, if you had any. You know. So I, I do often have my ponderings at the gym, but often uh-huh. they're ponderings over. I have like a little notepad in my phone that uh, I should turn into a series of just like overheard at the gym, right? <laughs> um, and it's usually things like uh, some lady talking to their personal trainer, like, "Hey, if I stop taking this supplement, am I going to gain all my weight back?" And, stuff like this just just things that are good i think topics to cover mostly on the podcast right um, yeah um but I, yeah i mean is the, the gym is a, is a great place for reflections i mean then I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just life right so many different forms of life and just um and i i go the gym i'm at like you're not going to find a lot of modesty there and that's an issue so i've been reflecting on this a yeah. lot recently like people are constantly competing for attention at the gym Right and how they dress and what they do—it's—it's it's something of a circus and it's—it's a, it's a big issue. Right. Uh, there was another thing that you guys brought up that I wanted to to chat about, but now it's just escaped my mind. So I'm gonna have to kick it back over to you. Well, I think that it, the importance there to kind of wrap up the decorum issue is like is understanding what the end is. Like, what is the purpose of working out? Is are you trying to work out so that way everybody feel like to get the appreciation, to get the glory, to get the the likes on social media, to be able to you know stand with your shirt off and feel good, or, or you know and, and like kind of gloat about it? Right. Are you doing it for like kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Pat? Like 
for the stewardship aspect of God has given me this body in order to to till the earth, in order to do the work that the Lord is calling me to do, and for the responsibilities of my vocation, I am called to be strong. I am called, you know, to make sure that I'm in the best shape that I possibly can be. So when that moment comes, I will be ready, um, right. whatever that moment is. But like, if you have that end in mind, then uh, the pictures, the uh, you know what you wear at the gym, uh, how much weight you have on your bench press, all that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. Or on your gut. Yeah, or in your gut. Yeah, or yeah. you know whatever that you know, none of that really matters anymore because you're in. You have you have the understanding that the end is not for that. Yes, you know you pointed out the envy thing is such a good one, right? Because it's. Um, it is a sin against justice, right? So it's a serious it's it's a serious sin. Um, it's something that kind of fuels the marketing of so much of the fitness industry. Mm. Um, and the whole point, the way the, the way that I see it, now, look, there's nothing wrong with like wanting to look good and looking good. There's not, right? So it's, it's right. the excess we're talking about. Yeah, that's, sure. that's, that's the issue, right? Good clarification. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Adam and Eve yeah. probably looked great. I mean, they probably sure, both right. had six packs yeah. and like God, were the God, epitome God, of man. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah not sure. the face. The face, not the face. Right. But in general, right. <laughs> general points, right? Um, That's why he gave us yeah. beards. But yeah. So, so I want to be clear, right? There's nothing wrong, wrong with wanting to look good, want to feel good. All those are good things, right? But in sure. their proper order, in their proper relationship, and and it's so easy in fitness to get into these sort of ego comparative mentalities, where you're not doing it because you want to grow in virtue and help other people achieve their their good, right? And to, to help the world achieve, you know, to, to help promote the common good, right? Uh, no, you want more likes than the other guy, right? Um, mm -hmm. You want more shares than the other guy. Um, that's that is a huge issue, right? And it's a huge issue both for the, that individual and the greater culture of envy that's being is being promoted. So, the fitness industry is morally sick. Um, like it, it really is on, on many levels. Uh, you pointed out the this, you know, the, the, the sexual. Um, uh, just the exploitation, of course, is huge, which is very ironic because uh, you guys mind if I rant a little bit? Yeah, no, please, um, go for no. it. You know, you had this Cosmopolitan magazine, right? They put out this cover that caused a big stir in the fitness industry of some morbidly obese woman with the title that said, this is healthy. I don't know if you guys saw this, yeah, right? I did see And, um, like, talk about occupying both ends of the vicious extreme. Because, like, Cosmopolitan, you, you are the reason Right, you are one of the reasons why people have bought into this envy ego comparative thing. Because right. of all the all the the models you've starved and put on your covers and photoshopped and photoshopped, right? It's not even and, that's not even what they look like. And so you create this sick sick culture. You know, you're not solely responsible. But you're a big influencer in it, right? That that demands mostly women's minds and self perception, and just creates all these vicious attitudes. And then you're going to act like you're going to act, you're going to go all woke, right? And now you're going to permit the, promote this other extreme that you can be healthy at any 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 size, which is just patently ridiculous. Like, okay, yeah, at a snapshot in time, like when I was overweight and young, yeah, my biomarkers would have seemed relatively okay. But any sane person knows, and anybody with a you know a, a functioning brain who can look at the the, the, the all the empirical research which shows the, the relations between obesity, heart disease kidney disease, cancer, uh, right. anxiety, depression. I mean, you name it, right? COVID, right? Like we know that like yeah. if you're obese, 
that increases your risk of complications and death from COVID as well. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I mean, Cosmopolitan is, is hilarious because they're kind of like that. They're just, they are the fitness industry, right? Just hanging out on the extremes of viciousness, but refusing for whatever reason to try and come to that golden mean and promote what is actually virtuous. So sorry that, the, the whole Cosmo thing was recently on my mind because somebody else brought it up to me, so I just felt like it was uh, relevant to throw out there. <laughs> no, it's no I, I agree. I agree. It's like, totally, oh, really, yeah. healthy at any size? So you're 500 pounds. You can be healthy at 500 pounds? Right. You know, what about 800 pounds? I mean, there are people who weigh 800 pounds, and you, right. cannot, now, now if, you can't be healthy if, at 800 pounds. Right. If you want to say that people's, you know, uh, people have, you know, uh, different body shapes and sizes and you know if you're if, if you're not um, you know seven percent body fat that you can still be healthy if you want to say that I'll say of course sure <laughs> right 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 yeah but you put it a morbidly obese person on your cover and you say this is healthy um, you know a lot of what goes on with these conversations is uh, in the fitness industry and it's sort of the Mott and Bailey tactic right somebody comes out with something that's just patently ridiculous and false and you press them on it and they they retreat to a uh, to what is presumed to be a more reasonable position, pretending like that's what they, they meant all along, right? It's like, no, you right. didn't. She doesn't know what you're doing. Then you were challenged on it, and now you're just backpedaling. So sometimes you'll hear that. Uh, and it's, again, like, but that's, that's, what, that's what the, you know, that's, that's what any natural law theorist and virtue ethicist would have, would have told you all along. Right? We didn't need you for that, Cosmo. Cosmo. Um, right. Yeah, thanks, thanks for so, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for nothing, right? Like these, but these are the things that... Uh, that, that you battle against uh, kind of being in the fitness industry because it's hard it's hard to compete with that right it's it's hard yeah it has to be to compete with the hypersexualization and the photoshop and right. the steroids and all of that so yeah yeah how uh, are you you mean you can't compete with photoshop i mean right. it's just yeah don't even try to do that so i have one right. question before this is my last question before i ask it i want to give a shout out to adam's dad because oh, yeah. um, he he taught me something that I still do to this day about going to the gym. Um, I, so I see Adam's dad at the gym. He and I both, we go to the same gym in the mornings and he does sets of 33 for every year that Christ walked the earth. And, uh, and so like, I don't do sets of 33 on everything, but there are, there are certain things, especially like core, like if you're working out your core, you know, uh, higher reps are just better, easier to, you know, like, so when on ab day mm-hmm. i always do sets of 33 and that's mm-hmm. also a really great thing i was doing that one time and a guy was waiting on the you know the machine i was using and afterwards he said man i bet you've got like a fire and i i use that as an opportunity to tell him oh i always do sets of 33 you know for every year that christ walked the earth you know it's just like uh an easy, it was a yeah, very seamless it. transition, you know, to right. witness just a, and that was it. It wasn't like a, you know, why don't you come to mass with me um, this weekend? You know, I didn't, I could have done that, but you know, yeah. I didn't, it was just, that was what it was. Um, so my, my question, Pat, was something that came up earlier and I wanted to make sure I asked it before we were done uh, about kettlebells. You know, I mean, like, let's say there's somebody who they want to start doing this. Their plan is to, I'm going to try to work out at home or something. You know, before they order an entire set of kettlebells, you know, everything from like five pounds to a hundred pounds. Like, are there three weights? If you say like for the, you know, average man, if you get these three weights, 
this will be yeah. enough to cover 90 percent what what would they be what would those totally. weights be yeah um i would say for the average man um grab a 16 kilo uh, i'm going to use kilograms because if you this is how you know you're in the kettlebell world because you'll yeah. use kilograms right i um, appreciate it yeah 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 so 16 kilogram uh which is about 35 pounds right okay um, that'll be your light one, lighter one, um, a 24 kilogram, right? Which is around like 52 some pounds. My conversions are somewhat accurate. Um, and then a 32 kilogram. So 16, 24 and 32 kilogram for your, for your average guy. If that seems a bit of a stretch or maybe you're just kind of a naturally smaller guy then uh, 12 kilogram, 20 kilogram and 28 kilogram, just, um, just go for that. So those, those would be an option for, for, for the men. If there's some ladies listening, uh, for most women, again, average women, um, average size woman, I would say let's go 8 kilogram, um, 16 kilogram, and uh, 24 kilogram. And the reason you have the spread is you kind of want the, the heavier weights for the more lower body stuff, right? And some of the lighter weights for some of the more upper body stuff for more technical exercises like snatches and stuff. So if you're if yeah. you will if you you know um, if you're willing to buy a couple of kettlebells, I would recommend that 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 those range of weights because that'll that'll cover pretty much all of your bases and give you a, a good reasonable challenge for the different movement patterns. Perfect. And I said that was my last question, but I do have one more. Does the brand matter? Like if you go on Amazon or something, I mean. Yeah, I'll throw out a couple brands, and uh, I don't have like any formal association with with any of them. Uh, like sure. ten years ago, it was hard to like find good brands. There was like two or three brands, but now like the like good brands became known, and then all the other brands started copying them. So we're like in a pretty good spot. Like a lot of the brands, like they oh, kind good. of like figured out, okay, these are these are the dimensions. This is how we should have the kettlebell. So yeah, there's um. Uh, there's uh, Rep is pretty decent. On it is pretty decent. Kettlebell Kings is pretty decent. Uh, Dragon Door uh, is pretty decent, and Strong First. So I would say any of those five. Would be Obviously, good. Dragon Door is the coolest brand name of all those. Maybe. Dude, they, they were the original, right? So Dragon Door is like the original Russian. They're the coolest one. <laughs> I don't so know anything about the OG, them. Yeah, if you want the OG, um, you go with the Dragon Door kettlebell, right? Yeah, those okay. are the ones that I I, I have. Most of, most of them, anyways. Mm. I have a question for Pat. Okay, oh, Juan Posada Juan, has a question. Yeah, go ahead, Juan. Yeah. So, Pat, sometimes when you struggle with a scene, a before your quote unquote spiritual conversion, like let's say you're struggling with gluttony or too much, you're buying too much or you're eating too much. When you when you walk into your journey in your spiritual life, then you find yourself, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy all these different statues and all these different. De devotions right so towards like you kind of sanctify your vice into something that you think is you know is yes. helping you but it's a little bit disorder how do mm -hmm. you see this reflected in the workout you know pride world how how would somebody that is struggle with that how how can it be translated into this quote-unquote divine struggles Yes. You know, first off, you, you make an excellent point in the spiritual life, right? Is sometimes we can um, we can have something that is kind of obviously vicious in in one area, but it's 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 sort of it's a hidden viciousness in another area because it's kind of like wrapped into something that that most people kind of think is like, oh, that's a really good thing, right? But but we don't, 
you know, what makes an action bad isn't just what you're doing, but the intentions as well, right? Um, and you guys brought up bodybuilding before. I don't know if you wanted to maybe just mention this because I think it'll be, and I will get to your to your question in just a second because it's a really good one. But you know what I say is is bodybuilding, you know, in, in, inherently vicious. I would say no. It, a lot of it depends on on the intentions, right? If somebody's um, approaching bodybuilding like as as like a really like an art form, they want to be a good artist in the same sense that a, mu a musician wants to make a great piece of art, and they're um, they're intentional about not falling into the sin of vanity and stuff like that. Um, it could, it could be, you could find virtue in something like that, right? right. Now, whether yeah, you that's can glorify most... God with bodybuilding, I mean, that could right, be your right, gift. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to be, I just want to be very clear about that. That's that's that that can be a thing. Now, whether that's often the case or not, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm not peering into their psychology or their souls, but uh, just yeah, just want to put that out there. In fitness, um, to get now to the question, you see this very often with dieting. Right, where somebody will have some type of vicious um, uh, disposition, typically uh, associated with with some type of disordered action in general uh, around uh, some some type of want of control, right? And this will manifest uh, in an eating disorder, but it will be hidden under the guise of I'm eating healthy. You see what I'm saying, hmm. right? Um, and you kind of have this interesting chicken and egg phenomena with eating disorders, right? Because um, in one in one sense, eating disorders um, are kind of linked to to deeper disorders, and they might be like they might not even be sins. They might just be like real disorders from trauma or something like that. So I don't want to definitely don't want to say that this is a sin, but I think it, sometimes sometimes it is just vicious behaviors in general, right? So, um, but somebody might carry a disorder over into eating, right? Like you already have this kind of obsessive control issue in one area of your life and you and you bring it to eating because it feels like you can get control there where maybe you couldn't have gotten control before, right? You become obsessive with it and you develop further vicious tendencies because of it. You might even become very physically unhealthy because of it, right? But it's under the guise of something good and that's the danger. There's also the reverse where you can, um, you could diet down so aggressively for so long that you can actually, you can like trauma, traumatize yourself, that you can actually develop a disorder, right, from the intensity yeah. and, and, and the, the duration of diet. So that's why I say it's like a chicken and an egg. Sometimes you can't tell, you know, somebody might have an eating disorder uh, because they brought it into the diet. Other people might have developed an eating disorder because the diet was so radically uh, inappropriate, if that makes sense. So that would be my, the first thing where you see it very often in fitness, but you see it with obsessive working out as well, where people just have kind of addictive attitudes, um, unhealthy attachments to, to all, again, certain forms of control, or maybe they're practicing escapism. They're avoiding, here's another common one, where they uh, are avoiding certain obligations. You see this all the time in broken relationships of men who are unwilling to be, to be fathers and to be husbands, escaping to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. um, really developing a vicious behavior, uh, sometimes engaging in affairs. But you know, I'm just trying to be healthy. I'm just trying to work out. Trying mm -hmm. to, and this is, you know, so much of this is just rationalization, right? We we all sin doesn't just make you weak; it makes you dumb, right? And um, it gives you the opportunity to really fool yourself. Uh, to and that's a very dangerous thing. So that's a really good question. And those are the two two things that just immediately pop out of me that I've seen very commonly in the fitness industry to keep in, keep an eye out for. Mm -hmm. I have a question on what your thoughts are because you you talk to a lot of guys who are who, who 
who are in the fitness world and I'd be interested in what, what you guys have to say about this. One of the things that, so I, I, I box, like I, I go to the boxing gym, I hit the bags quite often. And one of the things that I started doing was I started listening to something ex- like highly intellectual uh, in my headphones while working out. Really? To try my best to. It sounds very cool. Well, just just to try to really push myself. Hitting the bag, listening to some Aquinas or something. Yeah, but it was. But it's the reason why is because I, I want to try in boxing. It it also is an art form, right? It's also playing a chess game. You you have to use your mind just as much as you use your physicality, and so I wanted to be able to train my mind to stay focused on something while my my body is is doing something, exerting energy and pushing itself. Do is there? Do people talk about that at all? Is that something that people do, or is that is that something that is beneficial, or does that can you actually hurt yourself by doing that because you're focusing too much on one? Your body, your your body can't like you can't do both at the same time. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's really interesting. I don't know if I have a a clear answer to that. I think it'd probably depend on the activity, right? So if something is very technically involved, and especially if you're learning something for the first time before you've kind of assumed a sort of you know, unconscious um, competence in it. Um, like, yeah, if I'm trying to really pay attention to like the uh, the audible of the sumo while I'm also simultaneously trying to like learn the technical steps of a new taekwondo kick. It might be counterproductive, right? Yeah. Um, right. Just, just, I'm just being pulled in too many areas at once. But but to your point, where I think it can definitely work is like if you already have like the groove down in something. Uh, where it's just sort of like a tacit knowledge. Um, and an easy example of this would just be like kind of like your typical endurance efforts, walking, jogging, running. I do that all the time, right? So I don't have a commute because I work from home. So when and if I get to listen to podcasts, it's usually when I'm just doing some cardio activity. So um, easy for me to focus. It's good. feels good, you know, getting some sunshine because I try to, as much as I can, do that, do that stuff outside. Um, so yeah, I would say it probably just depends on the activity or level of competence and how technical it is. I always like when I do it, I, I go into it knowing like it's not that I'm sitting down studying, right? I don't like have that same expectation where it's like I'm sitting down studying, reading the Summa. I'm not expecting to get everything out of it as I maximally could, but it's more of just a training exercise to try to absorb as much as I can while I'm physically exerting myself to work both at the same time, which I don't know if that, if, like you said, I don't know if that's something that's good or not, but it's been very interesting. The last about two months I've been doing it. Um, it's interesting. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, like I don't it. know. I don't know, man. Uh, because one thing I think about sometimes when I'm doing me, even, uh, like just, you know, mindless tasks, mowing the yard, mm-hmm. for instance, I, I always, I mean, I listen, I'm an audiobook person now, you know, right. Um, and sometimes I think there was a time when people were mowing the yard, they were just mowing the yard. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was the thought that came to my mind is we, we, we sometimes have, who are we kidding? Not sometimes we, we live in a world of distraction, right? We've lost the ability to, Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate and take advantage of silence. So that, that would be the thing I would say to keep on the lookout for with that. And that's something I struggle with, right? Um, you know, it's like, dang. Um, we drive listening to stuff. We mow the yard listening to stuff, watching stuff. Um, 
sometimes, you know, you take the mm-hmm. take the podcast into the shower, right? Right, yeah. Um, I've been guilty of that. So that yeah, no, so, so have I, right? It's been yeah. some experience. So that's something very much um, I think is, is, is worth keeping on, on the lookout for. Um, yeah, but, you I'm, know, I'm, there's a balance to be struck, and not to say that, like, yeah. you know, you have to be in complete silence anytime you work out. I don't think that that's necessarily right, yeah. Well, and, and the problem is that in the gym, sometimes the music is... Yeah, sometimes the, the music is, is, is morally even degrading, you know. It's just mm-hmm. like, listen, I'm not interested in listening to this music at all anyway. Uh, right. there's, there's, there's not going to be silence. Right, there's, there, silence isn't an option, right? It's either yeah, I'm yeah. going to choose what I'm listening to or I'm going to listen to what's yeah. what's out there. But, Pat, I'm glad yeah. you said that because this is something that it does bother me sometimes. It's not that, oh, you shouldn't ever listen to podcasts or, you know, like, just always, you know, like, that's obviously not true. I mean, sometimes podcasts are good and, you know, if right. you're listening, especially if you're listening to, like, a good holy po- Like, let's say you're doing the Bible in a Year podcast with... Father Mike Schmidt and Jeff Cavins. Which you know, I've like, been really enjoying lately, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the, it's the... I, I dig. Yeah, I mean, like, you can sanctify the drive in that way, right? You know, but there is, at some point, and I f- sometimes I question, am I crossing... Where's the line? Am I crossing it? Am I devaluing the, like, remedial things that I do? You know, because there is a there is goodness in just the ordinariness of life uh the 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 normal things right there's a sanctity in them and yes am i pushing that away to try to consume to be because a i feel mentality? like to, yeah, to try to be for the sake of productivity right i can be more right. productive or, or, or curiosity right that's the other thing we have to yeah right. just information for the sake of information but not necessarily forwarding um you know your 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 real and true good. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't have an answer. That's where experience comes I've, in, right? There's no. Yeah. There's no hard and fast answer. That's going to depend on, on your own practical good reasoning. There. Yeah. Um, I often find when I'm when I'm honest, completely honest with myself, which is less often than I would what I prefer to admit. Um, yeah. I I could I probably could use to listen to less and wa- listen and watch less stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these things are very venial, you know, but venials are to be taken seriously, right? Venials are sort of a spiritual slacking off, right? Uh, but those that 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 can compound, right? Just like we know with you know the the little slacking off in any dispositions, especially with eating and exercise, right? It's the directionality of it. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not mortal sin, um, but still to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, so I think that uh, if you are interested in in learning about the basics of the kettlebell and learning about the basics of uh, how to work out some of the tactics or some of the uh, ways of in order to do it without hurting yourself, without hurting your back, what are what are the ways to do this? Wielding the kettlebells, if you wielding will. Wielding the ke- yes, being a, yes, that's a, yes. Wielding, doesn't that sound cool? Yeah, that does like, sound cool. One yes. does not lift the kettlebell; he wields he it. He wields it. Yes. Uh, Pat is going to be doing a. Uh, a five course for us on for our patrons on, on on all this stuff and we'll probably continue this conversation even more uh as time goes on but w- with you pat man I'm, I'm so grateful for you i know we've probably bargained we uh, got we got more than we we yeah we bid on. Bi- pat you're a man of excellence thank you for sharing that excellence with us today 
Well, th thank you guys both, and I, I hope yeah. uh, I would invite the gentle listener uh, to join us with this course. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to work with you guys, and I hope we can deliver some some stellar and virtuous exercise and eating plans to the good people. So, uh, yeah, join us, guys. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, be sure to keep in your prayers, Pat, as he goes to on Pies with Aquinas on March 15th. And then also, uh, as soon as you guys get done with your book with uh, Gavin Kurt, uh, we call first dibs on, on interviewing you guys. Totally. That would be great. Yeah, I would love it. All right, man. Well, thanks so much, Pat. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your help. Give uh, our best to your wife and, and kiddos. Thanks for letting us borrow your time, borrow your time tonight. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Take it easy. I did the salute thing first. You did? Yeah. I felt like I, I did. I totally it. saluted I first. I totally.